Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Because of Detroit's age and place in American history, it is littered with hidden gems. Though few, if any, come with a story like the Belle Isle Aquarium. I just feel honored to be able to be here and keep this place going. This is sort of a dream almost. To do this and keep it alive for the city is the best. The animals inside the aquarium are stunning, and the building itself is a century-old piece of art. This is The Daily J. I'm Zach Clark. The Belle Isle Aquarium is one of the many highlights of the island that sits smack dab in the middle of the Detroit River. The aquarium itself was built in the early 1900s and roared to life as Detroit became one of the most important cities on the planet. But as Detroit dipped, so too did the aquarium, even closing for a stretch of years. Now it's like the city where it resides, a spot on the comeback. So my colleague Annie Scaramazzino and I took a field trip to one of our favorite spots. Annie, you and I have been talking about this episode for a long time. There's just something so cool about the Belle Isle Aquarium, and part of it's because it is an aquarium. It's full of cool fish from right here in Michigan and across the planet, but it's made cooler by virtue of the building itself being a piece of art. From the outside, inside, either way you look at it, it's just a stunning facility. Yeah, you think of an aquarium, you know, picture an aquarium, one that, you know, you've been to on vacation with your family or something like that, or, you know, and, and you kind of picture this big, like, glass-domed building. You walk through, it's a little bit cold, and, you know, you see some really cool stuff. But the Belle Isle Aquarium is not that. The Belle Isle Aquarium is a completely unique type of building and aquarium and space, and Albert Kahn intended that to be that way when he designed the building. So the building was built in 1904. It was an Albert Kahn design. He designed both the aquarium and the conservatory next door as a combined building. It used to be able to walk between the two. The walkthrough is closed off. It's been closed off since the 50s. You see the green tile ceiling used to come to the floor and he had the uh, tanks as picture frames so that it was more like an art gallery and when you were looking out into the wild to see the fish and you were inside the building like you were underwater and that's how it all started. You actually do feel like you're in an art exhibit. And you and I walked through with Paul Schuert and Amanda Murray. Paul is the curator, but you know, when you talk about it, it's almost like he's an aquarium curator 
and a museum curator because of how old the building is. And Amanda Murray is an aquarist. We're talking about art. We're talking about distinction. And I think the most distinctive part of the building has to be those glass tiles. And they create this wild illusion and it's all intentional. Yeah, you're supposed to feel like you are underwater. And you do. You really do. The gorgeous green of the tile and the way the lighting is set up uh, as you walk through, you, you almost kind of feel like you're floating and it's stunning. And that green tile is essentially irreplaceable. There is a tendency when you walk in, knowing what we do about poabic pottery here in Detroit, to look at those and think, boy, they look like poabic pottery. But they're not. Their glass tiles are quite thin. They're about the thickness of a window pane, a little bit thicker. So the question early on was, can some be replaced? They're not available anymore. But we were able to find somebody from that area that is very familiar with the tile. And he came and looked and he said, well, You can't really replace them. What you need to do is find yourself a very talented faux paint artist because what they had done in some cases is tried to just kind of patch them with plaster and paint the plaster. And he said, well, you can do a lot better than that. And so the Conservancy did bring in a specialist to do some paint repair of some of the cracked tiles. Other than that, it was a cleaning job. A couple of our people, one fellow in particular, spent a couple of months on top of a scaffold going up and down the gallery area, hand cleaning all of the glass tiles. We had to talk to Tom Drummy because it's people like him that help power the Belle Isle Aquarium. I mean, the full-time staff is tiny. It's just three people, but they have hundreds of volunteers, and people like Tom have thousands of volunteer hours into this building. And that is part of what makes this aquarium so special is the community involvement and support that it has. Uh, Volunteers keep this place running. I'm telling you, we appreciate everyone from the people that greet the guests as they come in to the people that may help me in the back here cleaning and mopping and doing stuff like that. Painting is just so much that they do. And we're such a small crew. Even my team, there's Paul, the curator, me and one other aquarist, and that is it which is actually very small for the amount of fish that we have. It's just vital to have those people. Some of our volunteers that actually help us back here, they've been here since before me. Some of our volunteers come every Tuesday and Thursday to do this sort of maintenance work here. Uh, Tankscapers that work on Sundays. And then there's about maybe 200 volunteers. And because we operate entirely on donation, it's really good to have that, that extra people that really care and they really help us out a lot. Tom is the head of the de facto maintenance crew. There's four gentlemen. They show up twice a week. They work five to six hours at a time, and they really keep that building running. And in talking to Tom, Annie, I had to wonder if he was a contractor or a handyman or somebody that had worked with his hands for a living. I was trying to figure out why he volunteers the way that he does. I do it because I like it. I do it because I tend to be hands-on. That was not my career, It's such a wonderful artifact that requires to be maintained and deserves to be maintained. We're so fortunate to have it here. And so we've been able to accumulate a small group. There are four of us, 
fellows that get together a couple of days a week and spend five or six hours in there doing just a lot of different kinds of things. We keep a list on the wall down in the basement, kind of a punch list of things that need to be done. And I absolutely love that they've got this crew. You know, Amanda and Paul told us about these gentlemen before we were able to connect with Tom. I loved it. I love the thought that these guys come in and they do just like what needs to be done. They come over to the Bell Isle Aquarium and they, you know, they have their sort of quote unquote honeydew list of tasks that need to be done that day or coming up and they get to work and they do really good work there and they're entrusted with the sacred aspects of this building. So he was just so interesting to talk to, not only about the volunteer work that he does there, but the actual structural aspects of the building. He just knew so much. The Bell Isle Aquarium is amazing, but as amazing as it is, it's really old. And so it presents this challenge to work around. Paul and Amanda talked about not having a modern heating and cooling system. Well, that presents a problem when you have a tank that's 50 degrees and it's 80 degrees inside the aquarium. That's very difficult. And Paul talks about the upgrades that they've worked on. And some of that is from the efforts of donors. And a lot of that, though, comes from the efforts of the volunteers as well. And we got to see what things look like behind the scenes. And you can really see where old meets new. It's quite the sight. This is part of what we've done over the last couple years is adding all these filtration systems, stabilizing our biofilters. This is where we work every day. We have systems for um, pumping water up from our reservoir and draining it to the sewer when we take water out. We've added all this equipment over the past five years. We had a rather generous donor give us a lot of money just for infrastructure. And this is infrastructure. We've modernized a lot of electricity. We had electrical problems when I first started here a little over six years ago where you have to run extension cords around because you gotta find a circuit that can handle it. Since then, we've sorted all that out and had improvements done and made it much easier. Those are my questions earlier about the 100-year-old building. It's little things like that that I was Little things like that that people don't realize when you're just out in the gallery, you see really nicely maintained tanks and stuff, but it's the behind the scenes where all the modernization had to occur in order to make all that work. And, you know, Annie, I promise we haven't forgotten about the fish, but if you want to learn more about the fish, I've got a great spot for you. It's on the island. You're going to love it. I learned something a little extra when we were there. Our giant gourami, they're very friendly. They love interaction. The fish can see the people. It's part of their enrichment. They get to look at you as well. Wait a second. So who's in the aquarium? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Enrichment is something that all zoos do with animals. We do different kinds of enrichment, whether it be food or objects we put in the tanks. But one of the biggest enrichment for our fish is seeing people. And so during the pandemic, that was one of the issues we had when we didn't have guests in here. The fish didn't get that enrichment. That's crazy. I mean, I knew about enrichment, but I never thought of like, I'm on the other side of the glass too. I just, I never thought of that. How does it feel? I don't know. I don't know. So what happens to them mentally when they can't get that kind of So we usually have to enrich them other ways. Actually, yesterday I gave them a chain with lettuce in it because they're natural foragers. So enrichment, what we try to do is also do natural behaviors. So in nature, they're going to forage on lettuce and leaves and plants. And so I make like a little foraging tree for them. So we enrich them in other ways. Sometimes people think of fish as being not very intelligent. Um, And and they're very interactive and they they very much need that stimulation from people. Um, So as we were walking around initially when we first got there, Amanda was waving at the fish. And I kind of thought, oh, she's just kind of because I was taking video and photos and things. And I thought, oh, she's just trying to kind of get them to, you know, react and interact so that I can get some good video. But in reality, that's a crucial part of, you know, maintaining their more or less like mental health and mental stimulation. 
are a thousand different takeaways here, but I think one becomes obvious. Belle Isle was a treasured spot that has resurrected itself into being as special as it ever was, despite the closure. I mean, Annie, when you walk in now, you would never know that it spent seven years shuttered and that there was talk of it never coming back. I am unbelievably grateful for the work that all these folks have put in to bring back, maintain, and even push forward the aquarium. You know, when it closed in 2005, it was such a bummer for the community and it really caused a big backlash. I mean, people were upset. And then, you know, the push happened for several years, you know, of course, the conservancy and whatnot. And, you know, people wanted to see this building back open again. And they maintained it little by little along the way to make sure it didn't fall too much into disrepair. And thank God they did. And so when it finally reopened in 2012, they still had a long way to go. They were able to reopen it. But bit by bit, they worked on that. And now, you know, the 50 plus tanks are full. They've got new things coming in, like the octopus, which is just so cool and has become such a draw. That's just new within the last year. And so it's evolving and changing all the time. And folks like Amanda and Paul and volunteers like Tom, you know, they're putting in the work. It shows. I just feel honored to be able to be here and keep this place going. This is sort of a a dream almost. To do this and keep it alive for the city is, to me, is just is the best. Yeah, I feel the same way. I feel really honored to work here. Uh, I love my job. I love what I do. And yes, there's lots of challenges in this building, but you know, it's such a unique building. And we're kind of like on the ground floor building this up into something really magical. And the people love it. It's just something that they here in Detroit own. It's Detroit's aquarium. You know, Belle Isle is Detroit's. And I think it's such a gem that it's good to preserve it. And so, you know, Amanda and Paul were talking to us about how they're looking towards the future. This is, I think, just the start of something really cool for the aquarium. I think this has actually set it on the track to be better than it ever has been. And that's a really exciting thought. I guess because it closed and then reopened, I guess it's just been a struggle to just kind of get it all built back up. But I think this over the past two years, I think we kind of reached that that landmark of getting every tank opened up. And now it's a matter of just maintaining and preserving and um you know, on the shoulders of a lot of great people before us. I can already see the improvements that have happened just in the past like year and some change. So, I mean, it's you guys are making a huge difference and it's clear to anybody that visits. We like to hear that because we're here every day and you know how it is. You just don't notice changes every day. But if you look in segments of time, you see the improvements and you see that we are moving forward. So we love to hear people say, oh my God, it looks so much better. It looks so good moving forward. It's encouraging, I think, to all of us. Now we're thinking bigger, you know what I mean? We're looking at things in a different light, like, okay, well, we did that, but could we do this? And um, it's really encouraging and exciting that we can do these things, not only becoming AZA certified and um, really thinking about animal welfare and also guest experience that we're really just moving forward. One more thing here, Annie. Every once in a while, I guess, it's better to be lucky than it is to be good. We've been working on this story for a while now, a couple months, really, and we like to do these stories on Fridays. It turns out this Friday special two times, and we didn't know it until this morning. I was just researching and looking at different dates and figures, and I found out that the original opening of the Belle Isle Aquarium, the anniversary is today. It was August 18th, 1904, was the original opening. But like you said, we've been working on this episode for a while. We, we had written it down as one episode we wanted to tackle this summer. Um, and just with the way that it all worked out and timing, you know, we accidentally, or maybe on purpose, accidentally, landed on the actual date of its opening, of its anniversary. And I just thought that was so serendipitous and kind of trippy, honestly. So I guess there's only one thing left to say, and that's 
Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Bella Aquarium. You look great for your age. We should all be so lucky. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs>